Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co worker of yours. Lando Norris trying desperately to get up there, but it's going to be Habsburg trying to stop Sergio Sete Camera, and there's nothing between them. They're side by side coming to the last corner. Habsburg's got him! Habsburg's got him! And Camera hits the wall! So too does Habsburg! And Daniel Tickton wins the Macau Grand Prix! What a finish! Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. Presented by Mosing Motor Cars. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. And that voice you just heard was Mr. Jonathan Green down in Macau. <laughs> And that's the reason that he's not on the show tonight. <laughs> he may not have a voice after that. Uh, not only is he about 14 hours time difference, he is probably knackered, as he would say, and not going to be on the show tonight, unless he calls in, but I don't expect him to. So, hey, this is John Massengill. That's Les Kaiser. Howdy. And we are excited for tonight's show because let me run down what we got. We're going to start off here in just a few seconds with Mr. Will Owen, a race driver who's We really, know that guy. We know Mr. Will Owen, young race driver, and he is uh, going to tell us about his 2018 season. He's got some really big announcements to talk about. And then, of course, we are going to talk to uh, a lot about the Macau Grand Prix that Jonathan's down there calling. And he was streaming all over the world, man. I saw people all over the world commenting on Mr. Green's commentary. And uh, we're also going to have, really excited about this, we have Jeff Barrow from Honda Performance Development and he's going to come talk about the uh, engine development for the new Formula 3 and Formula 4 United States Series. Yeah. And really, we're going to get a little geeky on turbos and camshafts and whatever else we can think of to talk to Mr. Barrow about. But we're going to jump right into it now because I see the phones lit up with Mr. Will Owen. Will, welcome back to Speed City, buddy. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me back. <laughs> yeah, you bet. Hey, what a year, buddy. That, that's that's uh, had a rocking year this year. Yeah, man. Oh, man, this was, it was so good. I don't even know where to start. Um, it comes such a long way um, since a year ago when I was actually at the, the Bahrain Rookie Test. Yeah, um, yeah. I just met Richard for the first time, and uh, now a year later, we've had two race wins and a, and a good run at Le Mans and a lot of awesome experiences to remember for a long time. Man, so, no folks, uh, a quick refresh. We first met yep. Will back, uh, gosh, probably a couple of years ago. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, he started being mentored and coached uh, in some of the business uh, by the speed group. We we get to hear Tony Calderon a lot of times coaching us. but And obviously it's working for you, Will, besides the steering wheel work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the speed group has been huge for me. Like, um, I've been working with David Martinez, who's been my driver coach there. And then as well, like you said, Tony um, is my manager. And then of course, I mean, there's, there's a lot of other people at speed group. Um, but so working with all of them has been super helpful. And, uh, David got me up to speed real quick in the pro Mazda back when I was doing that. Um, and all those skills that he taught me, uh, it wasn't like the very basic basics, but it was a lot of stuff that you just got to get covered no matter where you're racing. It's important. So 
Um, I learned that there with him, and then, uh, you know, it transfers over to, to endurance and everything else I'm doing. So, of course, got to thank him for that. You know, all that work back then, uh, we were driving the Pro Mazda, is contributing to sports car racing now. So, um, yeah, it's been nice to have him. Well, let's talk about 2018 because you got some big news for us. You got the re-sign with Autosport and Daytona. So talk about both of those, Will. Yeah. So, yeah, we just announced the uh, we just announced 2018 ELMS program with United again on Thursday. Um, so I'm going to do the same thing, uh, except this time it's going to be a little bit different for United. They're going to have two LMP2 cars. Um, it's going to be me, and then we're still figuring out the teammates for my car, and then uh, Phil Hansen and Philippe, obviously, for the other car next year. Um, so that's going to be good. It's ELMS is going to be super tough um, just because there's a lot of stuff going on in sports car racing, but we think it's going to be even more competitive than it was this year. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to have to bring my A game, and uh, we're already you know, kind of thinking about it and preparing, and kind of in preparation for the ELMS season is, is Daytona. Um, but, you know, Daytona is obviously a huge, huge event, so that's been on my mind a lot recently. Uh, I've been trying to do as much as I can, get you know, mentally and physically ready and just uh, – you know, figure out what it's going to take to do that race versus Le Mans um, and carrying over some skills from Le Mans. Um, but, yeah, that's our program. We're still finding out um, teammates for my car at Daytona. Um, but, again, United's going to have two cars there at Daytona with, uh, obviously, you know, the big news on the other car, Alonzo, uh, Norris, and Hanson. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of attention for sure. Yeah, man, Daytona, I'm really excited for you. Uh, but before we talk Daytona, I do want to ask you, not talk about the European Le Mans series because – why don't you give us a little overview of the European Le Mans series versus, I don't know, every other series. I mean, and it is interesting right now with a little bit of spotlight on series like the European Le Mans with mm-hmm. the World Endurance Championship, the LMP1 class, and a little bit of disarray, obviously. I know Toyota just re-signed. That was some news this week. But but talk about the European Le Mans series. Yeah, so, yeah, with all the changes um, going on in sports car racing just in general, and obviously with, yeah. you know, the WEC is changing a little bit, um, you know, not for good or bad, but it's just changing. Sure. Um, I think I think there's going to be a lot of interest because that season will start later in uh, 2018. So I think maybe some of the wet guys might be interested in doing ELMS since it's more spread out across the year. Um, but it's a cool series because it's six races. Um, it's, uh, you know, all levels of drivers. you got bronze drivers all the way through platinums, um, all on the track at the same time. And you got the LMP2 car, which is the top class um, compared to WEC. You've got the P1, obviously, but... You got P2, P3, and then um, two GT classes as well. But uh, you go to, honestly, this year was so cool with that because we got to go to just so many cool European tracks, so many classic ones like Monza and Silverstone. Yeah, yeah. Talk about, well, what's your favorite European track? See, you can say that. Being an American, you can pick one. Over here, you got to say, yeah. uh, it's hard. But yeah, pick an American, I mean, a European track, your favorite. Oh, man. I still don't, I still haven't actually figured that question. I mean, honestly, Spa. I mean, yeah. Everybody says spa, and I kind of don't like to say spa because it's kind of so cliche, but... Hard I mean, not to, it right? Is, it's spa, yeah. <laughs> I was there um, August a year ago, and I will say it's, it lives up to everything that everybody says it, with, with good reason. It's such a cool mm-hmm. layout uh, right. down around the course as well as a spectator environment. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I was there with one of my daughters, and we were laughing because there's a man that probably was 70 years old perched in a tree up on the <laughs> ledge... <laughs> With like a little six-pack cooler and a brown paper bag with him. And he was just smiling. He looked like a monkey up in the tree. And he was just smiling so big, ready for it. He just waved at us as we walked by. That's awesome. I bet he's been doing that for like, you know, his whole seven years yeah. of life, too. Like, always been there. You're right. We sat, We actually met a couple of guys. And they were from all different countries, as will happen for the spa race. 
And that is the one time of year that they get together, but they coordinate now to meet in this one right. spot. And whoever gets there stakes out the claim of the space, right. and they move in. That tree is long buddies. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that tree is his dad's tree, actually. From 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 the right. early he's passed on. He's had yeah, it. He's passed down. Inherit that <laughs> at some point. Uh, yeah, that's the environment at Spa, though, isn't it? It's just everybody loves it so much. Okay, yeah. but you have to acknowledge Silverstone. Silverstone as being one of your favorites after last year. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, but yeah, as far as like the memory of which race was, I mean, like Silverstone was unbeatable because it was, you know, United English, um, English and American. So being there was like, there were so many people there that were just cheering for United and so happy for United. And then, you know, for United to have success in all the classes. And then obviously, you know, having a race that came down to the final few minutes was one of the most surreal things, especially, you know, being the first race of the season. That is cool. Um, so, well, yeah. I'm sure Red Bull <laughs> Ring is in there somewhere, too, after last year. Absolutely. But Silverstone, Absolutely. the history of Silverstone just uh, overwhelms everything, I think. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, and that's, like, that's one thing that I learned going to Europe this year is, like, England is one of the coolest places for racing because everybody loves racing. Like, you're driving along on yeah. the highway to get to Silverstone, and there's, you know, like, a million race shops on the way. Like wow, I haven't you know you don't see that in other in in America, especially yeah. you don't see race shops, you know. I, I mean, it reminds me of one of the first years when F one was here in Austin, and Nico, I saw Nico Rosberg just walking down the street. <laughs> it may have been it was it may have been I can't remember who else was with him, but he was just walking down the street, and people all around, and and nobody had nobody a clue. Nobody had a nobody clue. Knew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess that's the one perk of being a, you know a race car driver as a pro athlete. You know, you, you, unless you're Lewis, like you're probably not famous enough to be recognized outside the track, which is yeah, you know, it's kind of a good thing, I guess. If you you know, I don't know. I guess some people might want to be recognized, but kind of nice just to leave the track and be low-key. I don't know. Yeah. Well, hey, talk about the, the an American going into the European racing. You know, there's a lot of guys that, like Alexander Ross, you tried to do F1 with it, and but it's got to be trying from uh, being away from uh, family and education and everything else. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so um, that was actually for sure the hardest part of the year was, well, two things, learning the tracks and the actual traveling itself um, because I didn't really want to just straight up move over to Europe and that was just kind of a big jump for me. So I wanted to kind of stay in the U S and just travel, um, which of course comes with, you know, the problem of, you know, jet lag, uh, yeah. which is quite a big problem that even at the end of the year, there's a point where, you know, no matter what you do to prepare and get hydrated and sleep well on the plane, you're still going to be not feeling that good for a certain amount of time. So that's just a barrier that's there. Um, and then learning the tracks was also tough because, you know, everybody over there, obviously, except for, I don't know, there were a couple of Americans there that maybe I know Theo Bean and I were both learning the tracks together. Um, being Americans, everybody else there knows the track super well. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, that's a good thing in some ways. Cause I can get advice from like, I got advice from, uh, Philippe and Hugo a lot last year and they were like, well, this is how you do this corner. This is how you do this corner. Um, but at the end of the day, you don't get that much, tra- not as much track time as you'd like ever. Um, yeah. so it just, you know, I only was starting to feel 100% comfortable with the tracks like in, during the race or towards the end of the race, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of like why I'm so excited to re-sign and do the program with United again this year because I'm going to be comfortable with all the tracks. Yeah, you're right? going to know the tracks, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Well, that's a huge help. Well, Will, we just got a little bit of time left, but I got to talk about Daytona because you're going to be across the – yeah, you're going to be across the garage from Alonzo and uh, uh, Lando Norris and, and them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Um, 
I actually I raced Lando in um, John. Remember, John Green remember this uh, in the, the New Zealand series. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah. He destroyed everybody there. Toyota Racing Series. Yeah, an awesome job. Um, and at that point, I was still sort of getting comfortable with uh, open wheel stuff and was not really that close to where he was yet. But I'm excited to have another comparison now to him. Pretty, a pretty direct comparison um, to see how I've progressed. And you know, just knowing that he's one of the quickest young drivers right now, it's it's great to have him. And then obviously, um, one of the greatest experienced drivers of all time. Having Alonso there is a great comparison. But um, you also you can't beat the uh, you know all the press coverage and all the media for yeah. Alonso. Um, hopefully that you're going to be swimming in, in press team. around you with Alonzo there yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I'm excited for United. That's fantastic for United. I, I, it's such a good thing for the team um, for them to build popularity going into 2018 and everything. And then um, that helps me a little bit as well since United will be getting the spotlight. Yeah. Did you uh, did you see Lando Norris? Did you see did you see any of Macau by the way over the weekend? I saw I saw I saw the last uh, I, I watched one of the races and then I saw the last lap of the uh, <laughs> of the final or whatever. Of course, that of was F3. absolutely yeah. mad. Yeah. yeah, we started the top of the show with a clip from Jonathan Green uh-huh. <laughs> uh, calling that, and he was just about to explode. Um, that was really awesome. We put that out. We we got it out yeah, on he YouTube. Did a great and stuff. job with that. He did a great job with making sure that everybody knew whether you were seeing it or not that it was like the craziest race ever. So. Yeah, you know <laughs> that, the clip. Yeah. <laughs> That's Jonathan's 25th, it's either 25th or 26th year at Macau. He's, he is the guy at Macau. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, definitely he's doing a good job. And, I mean, that race is, that was not, I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Will Owen, congratulations on last year, and congratulations on re-signing, and this is really great to see an American with a great career like you're having. And we're going to be watching you all the way and, of course, getting you back on the show. And so thank you so much for coming back for on sure, Speed man. City. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All you right. Bet. Travel safe. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Yep. Bye. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. <laughs> and when we come back, we're going to try to get Jeff Barrow from Honda Performance Development on the line to talk about the new Honda engine that they're using in the F3 and the F4 series here in the United States. It's the same one that's in the Civic Type R. It's getting arr, arr. <laughs> All right, listen to Speed City back after these messages. The Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MB Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MB Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. 
With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself. Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Mosing Motorcars is Texas's only authorized dealer for Superformance products. Superformance's Mark III is the only Cobra replica built under license from Carroll Shelby. There's no finer example of a Cobra around. Mosing and Superformance is your supplier for all the great race cars of history. The GT40, the Mark III Cobra, the Corvette Grand Sport, and the Shelby Cobra Daytona Coupe. Mosing Motorcars, 2420 West Breaker Lane, online at mosingmotorcars.com. Superformance and Mosing Motorcars. Drive yourself happy. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. Talk 1370 is everywhere with the new Talk app. Get it now at talk1370.com. Hi, this is Jeff Gordon, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. A lot of ACDC for us tonight, Les. Oh, absolutely. Saying farewell to uh, Malcolm Young, rhythm guitarist for ACDC. That, uh, I think uh, a lot of our listeners probably grew up listening to ACDC and Man, we getting told a, to turn it down. We've been losing a lot of uh, icons from our era. Tom Petty and yeah, yeah. But uh, well, Jeff hey. Gordon brought us back. It's a uh, little NASCAR action today. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see what Jeff's going to do. You know, he's doing some of the commentating. He he kind of hinted at potentially uh, pitch hitting in some of the uh, races coming up. Not necessarily NASCAR, but uh, he actually had played in a Formula One car as a test. I don't expect I don't expect him to come back in a Formula One car by any means, but uh, I think it's really interesting that he's kind of playing around and just experimenting and talking amongst the teams there. So. Yeah. Well, obviously in NASCAR today, the uh, Mr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is uh, hanging up his, his driving gloves. Yeah, and uh, another one of the guys, he's going to commentating. Yeah. And so it yep. uh, should be interesting. You know, I, I do like that these drivers are sticking around the sport and commentating. Yeah, and Dan, and more NASCAR and Indian stuff, and Danica Patrick retiring. I mean, that was... What I, is she doing next? You know, I really haven't followed that story very closely. I, I have not either. I don't think there was a lot not, said. Not that I'm not a fan. I mean, I, I you know, I know she they, they, the dig was that she never won the big races and everything. I'll say she is a marketing machine. Yeah. You know, I, regardless I of her, her to do good, honestly. Oh, I did too. I, I did. I wanted her to do well, but uh, but yeah, that's some big news. And of course, Martin Truex Jr. winning the championship. But but uh, yeah, we're waiting on Jeff Barrow to call from Honda Performance Development. But I want to talk a little bit more about Macau. I don't think we're going to get Jonathan tonight because I think he's probably still asleep in, yeah, in Macau. Yeah, somebody but, said we think we broke Jonathan. Have we checked on him? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he may be a little broken. But the uh, but the GT class, did you see? I was watching this one live. Oh. I guess this was Saturday night. Yeah. About seven o'clock here at Austin time. And I think it was what, maybe three corners in, and they had one of those first lap. First tip, typical Macau corners where 
you know, it was pretty slow. They're probably about a 50-mile-an-hour corner, and the 911 hits the wall, slows down. The guy comes around the corner, hits him in the back, and then this enormous pileup. Nobody like a train crash. Yeah, it really did because it's so narrow there. I mean, you know, uh, racetracks joke about you can't go too wide, three wide there, but this one, I mean, the, the walls— the fences are yeah. literally maybe three cars wide. Yeah, I, I think that might be a stretch. It really reminds me of the alleys in downtown Austin, you know, driving <laughs> between the buildings. They're about that narrow. And, uh, you know, Jonathan's told us about that series, that it is a true street series going through narrow roads and ways throughout the Macau area. And I just find that so incredible that, they race at those speeds. You know, it's cars and motorcycles on this weekend. And so uh, just amazing yeah. to see all that we taking just, place. We just had somebody tweet at us and said, do you know, have any sort of update on Jonathan Green? Is he okay? It sort of sounded like Macau broke him. <laughs> <laughs> well, He's you know, it. it's a marathon down there. I mean, because they start, I, you know, they start on uh, Thursday. And he was still, that that clip you heard of him uh, at the end of his voice and end of his rope was, you know, Sunday night. So he was for them over there. So he was definitely uh, many, many miles and many decibels down the path. But, but yeah, man, that Macau is really exciting. And, you know, they got the motorcycle racing there. And apparently there was an accident and a death. There you know? was. And, and Macau is a little bit known for that. I mean, not like the Isle of Man or anything. Sure, but You know, I wouldn't categorize it as a death sport, you know, as, as many called Isle of Man. But, uh, you know, I, I do like that style of weekend. How would you like to see some professional racers, cars and motorcycles come to Coda on the same weekend? Maybe just like a motorsports festival. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd love to see something like that. Vintage up to Oh, dude, that modern, would be amazing. Yeah. You know, in, in, in so many ways. But uh, I just really like that a lot. The idea of cars and bikes, you know, even carts. Now that we've got some carts out there, I know... Uh, they shortened the track to the shortest and ran some carts out there a little while back doing some testing. So, yeah, we got options for things to go on all one well, weekend. And, you know, Macau is the it's kind of like the Vegas of the it uh, is. Of, of Asia. Right. So there was I a mean, stat that it is five times the revenue of Vegas. Wow. That's, yeah, that's, that's saying something. That's insane amounts of money flowing through there. Yeah, well, that would be, you know, Austin, I can't compete with the gambling side of it, but we got a few other uh, attractions going on here with the, all the live music and everything. So, but anyway, Macau was awesome. Motorcycles, GT cars, F3 cars. So if you if you haven't followed it, go check it out. We're, we're going to be tweeting some stuff. We got a little on our YouTube now. FIA website has some good stuff and they've got some things on their, uh, on their YouTube page. And so, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's one of the one of those off season, basically off season uh, race series or races, really race weekends that you got to follow because some of the biggest of the big names come through there. Sure, they do, and that's what's you know that to me is something that's neat. And and we didn't get to check with Owen about what's he doing between now and Daytona, but uh, you know, there's a lot of testing going on about now as well. And so uh, it's going to be interesting what comes out of that. You know, I know there was, uh, Alonzo was doing some testing at Bahrain. And so, uh, you know, haven't seen a lot of news out of that, but I'd be interested in hearing what he has to say about jumping in with the Toyota team nowadays. All, All right. right. Well, I am, I'm excited about that, but I want to talk about something that I, we tweeted out a couple of days ago. I think it, actually, I think it was yesterday where we tweeted out about uh, how Liberty Media, and we're going to shift gears here because we're, we're still trying to get Jeff Barrow on from Honda Performance Development, but 
Um, but it's a change that Liberty Media brought. And I really want to, I'm glad we have the opportunity to talk about this because it is, it's talking about how some of the subtleties, some of the subtle changes that, that really I think will be a, make a big impact in the sport. Because so now we've got Formula One on ESPN, which again, I love the NBC coverage, but this does afford a new opportunity for us, right? Where it's going to be on in sports bars and you're going to get right. some accidental, organic, whatever you call it, viewing of sure. Formula One. I'm assuming they're going to have some replays and things like that. Well, I hope so. Yeah, you would think so. But you'll have it uh, just, you know, obviously they're going to have some of those, some of in more primetime type uh, or at least not in the middle of the night type uh, broadcasts. But the thing that they uh, that they talk about in this article, we tweeted it out on Saturday. So it's, on, it's from Forbes talking about how they are going to do things like when the uh, they're going to do things where like this year they had the kilometers per hour and the miles per hour some of the time, but they're going to give apparently maybe even different feeds where if you, if you're feeding the because you know Formula One is broadcast on a single world feed they don't have different networks bringing all their cameras it's one set of cameras right you know we we probably actually haven't really described that so much uh, so when we're out at Coda on USGP weekend. Formula One actually brings in, you know, they talk about the circus. They do bring in something that, uh, you know, Barnum and Bailey would be proud to have. And that is they bring in their entire, entire IT infrastructure. And yeah. so when you hear us broadcasting out there, it's over their cabling and their wiring and their systems. They bring in their own monitors, put in our booths. You know, we, we usually have a well-stocked commentating booth anyway, but then they bring theirs in. They bring in all of the broadcast and TV trailers in. And they do that. That's why no matter who you're watching, you're watching Sky Sports overseas or yep, it's the same any thing. of those, you'll notice it's got the little F1 logo in the bottom right corner and everybody gets the same camera feeds. No matter where you are, you're seeing that same actual feed, that same angle, the same you know cut from one camera to another. The only difference is, uh, you know, you've got the NBC guys or you've got... You know, the, the others, the Sky, Sky or, or whatever, whichever yeah. network you're watching it through. So it's really, really interesting. And, of course, they'll put their own spin on it. They'll either do uh, uh, audio clips or even replays that are not, you know, they'll go away from the world feed or whatever. But but this article in Forbes talks about, the quote here is from Sean Bratchers, of course, of ESPN uh, in the past, who's now with Formula One. He says, uh, as a consumer being in the United States, I would watch a Grand Prix and all the uh, all the metrics were in kilometers. He said, next year, we're going to put miles per hour in markets that adopt those and kilometers per hour in markets that use those as a metric. So, And he says, he added uh, that consumers aren't the only ones who benefit from the digital digital development. So it's, I mean, that's a simple little thing, but it's just one of those things where when you're trying to grow the sport here in the United States, which I guarantee you that's a big part of why they're doing this, right? They're trying to grow the sport here in the United States. Make it simpler. If somebody's a casual watcher, you know, they look at that and go, you know, 321 miles, I mean, kilometers per hour. Well, how fast is that? Well, that's 200 miles an hour, guys. You know, that's... Sure. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a simple thing, but it's a good article. And, and check it out. Just check our Twitter feed on that. And Well, we'll you know, talking we talked about it when uh, Lee Diffie uh, first took the anchor of the NBC team is that there were comments. We heard comments of, well, well, they don't have any American commentators. You know, nonetheless, all three of those, you know, two of them anyway, Hobbs and Lee, Live lived in the U.S., yeah. but they do talk kind of funny. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the passing you know, channel flipper get, comes across that, and that's not an American is their takeaway on it. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's true. And obviously, I think that uh, the things that Liberty's doing are going to make a big impact. But all right, well, let's go ahead and take a quick break. You're listening to Speed City. We are live in Austin, Texas, and we'll be back after these messages. camera and video is the largest camera store in texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders jerry and rosemary sullivan precision camera is committed to the finest customer experience with hand-picked products and on-hand experts you won't find a more helpful knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service come see for yourself precision camera and video 2438 west anderson lane the racetrack it's where legends are born, where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe, on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, don't matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it, we'll make you better. Hi, this is Jay Leno from jaylenosgarage.com and you're listening to Speed City. I still laugh when I hear him say that. Speed City. You can just see Jay Leno doing that. You know, I, uh, I spoke to him about two weeks ago now uh, when I was out in L.A. and uh, asked him when he was coming back. Well, we had missed this. He was here right after MotoGP, and he and Kevin Schwantz took the new Suzuki's out on course. You're kidding. How did we miss that? That's what I said. <laughs> so uh, anyway, <laughs> I told him, I said, well, come back. You're always welcome. But uh, You said, y'all come back now? You here? Here. We got barbecue. You here? <laughs> Hey, so uh, speaking of old friends, not so old friends, but we've been our friends for a while. Brendan Hartley has reason to celebrate this week. He and Pierre Gasly have been formally identified as Toro Rosso's team. I think that was kind of a rubber stamp deal, but yeah, it's big news. Yeah, hey, sure. Uh, you know, it's you know with uh, with the things that were going on around the Red Bull Toro Rosso camps, I, I wouldn't say anything was concrete. Yeah, but, uh, glad to see it absolutely is confirmed now. Good to go. Congrats, Brandon. Such a genuinely nice person. Extremely talented. Look at the mentors he's had. Yeah. So uh, anyway. Yeah, we've been watching him. It's fun. To, it's, you know, we got to know him. I, it, we can't help it, but talk about him because we got to know him at Coda when well, he was a, when he was a youngster here in uh, probably 2012. Quite honestly, I can <laughs> see Owen. Five years ago. But. Yeah, I can see Owen going through and doing the same thing. Sure. You know, yeah. we, we knew him when, and, you know, he got our attention, and it was, it was one of those, I mean, it was, you know, it's easy if you have 
talent. But uh, when you get to start tracking these when they're so young, like we've been doing, it's uh, it's really cool to see him go up and graduate and get the big seat. You know, obviously our favorite one, of course, is Alexander Rossi. He was our very first guest on the show back in 2012. And when, when he was in Austin and we put him in that caterum that we borrowed from a listener. <laughs> and then broke. And, and he, but, <laughs> he broke it. And then we put him in the, was it? Yeah, he was in the caterum. We were in the Corvette chasing him across Congress yeah. Avenue. It's, yeah, across the river. Early Sunday, no, Saturday morning. Yeah. And way, way, way over the speed limit. But Yeah, uh, three or four miles per hour <laughs> over the speed limit. <laughs> Maybe yeah. five. You know, we've got footage of that. We need to find no, we that. We, no, we don't. We do, but there's no speedometers in there. But we need to find it and put it on YouTube. Yeah, but it's people pro- will time as we pass those stripes on the road. Ah, they're well, not going to do any of that. Dude, we'll I was say driving. We had the, the roads were closed. Remember we had the DPS down there? We had the roads closed. It was, oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they show up in the video, but good good call. <laughs> All right, so let's continue with some Formula One talk. We got Abu Dhabi next week. Yabba Dhabi. Yabba Dhabi. And the finale, of course, and wrapping it up. And you know, I, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Looking into the the finale now that we've got the constructors and Hamilton won. I mean, it's we got Haas F one. Haas F one. I mean, uh, yeah. I'll be watching what Haas does. I will watch what Fernando does. Huh? Yeah. There you I, go. You know, Fernando struggled all year, and I just want to uh, see him end on a good note. And have some of the the returns that we know Fernando can do, but apparently his team can't at the moment. <laughs> it feels like I really want to see him come through with a solid race, and you know, just just to put it, if he you know has a failure or crashes out, I, I just curious how that's going to carry into next year. Yeah. Well, what I was alluding to with Haas F1 is that where are they eighth right now? And I mean, I haven't done the math. We need to do the math and see how, you know, where they could. I mean, obviously, if they did finish really good, like having a seventh place, I mean, what's the highest finish ever by Haas? Uh, I think it was fifth, actually. Right, right. But so let's say they finished up at high fifth and, and Toro Rosso. I mean, because it would be amazing if we could. Uh, if they could move up some some places in the uh, in the standings, you know, Jonathan Green has just texted us. He's in Macau, and I see the producer trying to get some technology working over there on Skype and stuff. So we may get Greeny here on the phone here in a second. But um, but you know, we're, oh wait, Mr. Green, I think I can hear you over there. Well, not quite. I, almost. I could almost hear him. He sounded like a little using tiny. a translator. <laughs> <laughs> might have. He might have broke his voice for sure. Yeah, that that <laughs> that was what it sounded like. But anyway, so uh, I was talking about Haas F one, right? So it's the it'll be the end of their sophomore year, right? So if we uh, if we could have them, they've obviously done better than they did the year before, which was way beyond what anybody ever expected. So I mean, I just love to see it move right. up well, a little bit. Okay, so here you go. Points-wise for the team, we got two points to Renault. We got six points to Toro Rosso. So uh, okay. they're yeah. still within reach of, of changing their standing. They don't have to end where they are sitting in eighth. Yeah. So, Mr. Jonathan Green, do we have you on the line? Yes, I'm here. Morning, boys. Good morning, sir. It's evening for us, but I know it's Monday morning for you over there in Macau. <laughs> yep, just got up and um, still recovering. 
<laughs> well, we played your clip, buddy, from the final race of the GT, I mean, the F3 race. Man, it was, uh, that was an incredible last lap. I, we, heard, we played your clip, but you got to tell us, and, and you know, you were there and watched the whole thing. You got to call it. Tell us about it, man. It was awesome. Well, it was. Um, I mean, Macau is always ridiculously intense and, and, and unpredictable. Um, but it was one of, the, one of the best finishes we've had in years, um, particularly because there were two distinct battles going on, um, one involving Daniel Tictum, um, who did an amazing overtake, uh, and the other involving uh, Sergio Settecamera, who'd come back uh, from F2 to try to win the Macau Grand Prix uh, and an up-and-coming um, F3 star, Ferdinand Habsburg, who I've known well from the Toyota Racing Series uh, and now in Formula 3, and he's just a super fellow. Uh, and if you know the name, the Habsburg name, yes, he is that uh, descendant of the Habsburg Empire. So he's got a bit of a, a tag that he's trying to shake because he wants to be a racing driver. And I think, uh, I think he shook it yesterday because that was one of the bravest... Uh, attempts to win the Macau Grand Prix uh, for Trevor Carlin and his team. And he is almost the sort of, uh, he didn't win it because he hit the wall with about uh, uh, half, yeah. half, a, half, a, half a couple of seconds to go. And uh, he still crawled across the line to fourth place. But the race was won by Daniel Tickton, which was also uh, pretty impressive because earlier in the weekend, Daniel Tickton had set the fastest lap or was about to take pole position before the the Red flag came out. So there was there was a lot of great stories, but it was just an amazing, amazing event. Oh, my, we were watching, I, what was it, Saturday night, I guess that would have been Sunday morning for you, when the GT cars, uh, th that huge pileup, that was like, oh, that was, was like crazy. a melee. But yeah, <laughs> I but, expected some fist to fly. But I'm going to ask you about that, but I definitely don't, I want to go back to that F3 for just a second because... When Habsburg hit the wall, and I, I thought he was done, and I didn't realize he crossed over for fourth place because I saw the standings there. I was like, how did he do that? Because I'd look like he was, he was done. And but that, uh, but but who was that that crashed right, in, right, either right after or right before Habsburg? Well, Camera also crashed. So oh, that's right. Yeah, Camera was leading the race and was literally one corner away. But Habsburg overtook him, got in the slipstream, overtook him on the outside. Um, that's right. Both that's right. of them overcooked it basically because they break. They basically you need to drop a gear there uh, and break, uh, or slightly at least. Um, but neither of them did because both of them wanted it so bad. So both of them hit the wall. Yep. What about in the F three series? What about Lando Norris? I mean, he, what did he come in fifth? I think. No, no, he uh, crossed the line in second. Oh, he did. <laughs> I, I knew. I knew he did pretty good. But that's that's great. Yeah, I know it was kind of topsy turvy right at the end there, but. So how was his weekend? Um, not as spectacular as we'd hoped because he had a, he had a clutch problem off the, uh, off the line um, in the first race. He also sort of ran out of tires. Um, they, were, they were struggling with grip uh, in the latter stages of the race. Um, but, I mean, he, he was, I mean, to be honest, him and his teammate Joel Erickson were swapping fastest laps during practice. Um, I mean, you know, he's the real deal and you can understand why McLaren have picked him up. I mean, what, what's great about the story is if you've got Lando Norris, who's going to McLaren Formula One, he'll be uh, teaming, in fact, with uh, Fernando Alonso uh, at the Daytona 24 hours in just a month's time or two months time. Um, you've got Daniel Tictum, who's been picked up by the Red Bull junior team. So the next Max Verstappen, 
if you will, and now he's won the Macau Grand Prix. And then in the middle of all that is a relative unknown, and that's Habsburg. So he's certainly made his name, but uh, hard the, cre- to, the cream rises at the top. Hard to call a Habsburg unknown, but uh, but I want to ask you something. You talk about him winning this uh, Macau Grand Prix, right? What does that do for his resume? Talk about that. Well, the, the Macau Grand Prix, and it is a, a World Cup, um, it, it just, it, it's been going since 1983. And if I tell you that the first guy to win it was Ayrton Senna, before, <laughs> when he was 21, um, you might get an idea. In, over the history, Michael Schumacher's won it. Um, Ralph Schumacher's won it. David Coulthard's won it. Uh, Vettel t- took part. Hamilton took part. Um, and then there are people like Robert Kubica, who, of course, is trying to get back in, in Formula One. Um, who make their name. So it, it doesn't necessarily mean if you win the Macau Grand Prix, um, you're, 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 you know, you're headed for start fame and fortune, but it really does make the world of motor racing sit up and take notice because it is such a challenge. Um, it's such a tough street circuit. That's what I was and getting it's an invite at. Only. It's an invite only. So you, the, the, only the best guys get asked to go. So if you beat them, you're the best. Yeah, that's exactly what I was getting at. Is that that uh, on your resume? Is it? Yeah, it doesn't mean you're the best of the best or by, yet, but it certainly uh, gets people's attention. So uh, that's what I meant. So tell me about the uh, the GT race. I guess here it was Saturday night, where it was must have been like the fourth corner when it looked like a giant. Uh, I mean, there were cars stacked at least too high, if not higher, in that one corner. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, it was – well, first and foremost, it was probably the greatest field of um, both drivers and manufacturers we'd ever gathered. So, um, I mean, I think there was nine previous winners of the Macau Grand Prix, uh, four world champions from Lucas Degrassi in Formula E to Lauren Van Tour, Mark Mario Engel, DTM champions. I mean, you know, it was a who's who. Anyway, uh, uh, the, the, the problem was Daniel Junkadella, who was a former winner – of the um, Formula 3 uh, race at Macau, hit the wall on the first corner and damaged his car, but he didn't really notice it properly until he came down to halfway through the first lap, turned to the right, which was the major right-hand turn, couldn't turn properly, hit the wall, and everybody else was steaming down this hill at over 100 miles an hour, and it created a concertina effect uh, and as you saw, it was absolute mayhem and about 50 millions worth of uh, damage. Wow. Yeah, the dollar. And they really are stacked. Yeah, the dollar amounts was staggering. You st- everything from Lamborghinis and Porsches. And I mean, it was just stacked high. It was pretty crazy. But uh, what about the bike racing this weekend, Jonathan? Yeah, the bike race, as always, took place. It was the 51st running of the bike race, but sadly, uh, it was marred by the loss of a young man called Daniel Hegarty. Um, we had a, uh, a fatality this year, uh, very sad. Um, but to be fair, um, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's a bit like the Isle of Man TT, and you know my thoughts on that. Uh, it's, yeah. um, you know, these guys choose to do it. It's not... Uh, you know, I don't take anything away from them. It's a wonderful spectacle, but, you know, it's very, very precariously dangerous. And unfortunately, um, he, uh, he he hit a wall at over 100 and whatever miles an hour. And, uh, you know, there's no coming back from that. So very, very sad end. And, and, and thankfully, though, uh, 
Uh, a lot of people were very respectful uh, of not using champagne. Uh, Daniel Tictum, um, who won the race in Formula 3, dedicated the race to him and his family. So, um, yeah, it, it's probably a little bit of a sadness um, towards the end of the, of the weekend there. But uh, Yeah, I'm speaking respectful, I noticed a lot of – apparently there was some video. I didn't see it. I didn't want to see it. And apparently I saw several people – saying they're not going to post it on purpose so that that was that was good and respectful but uh, but what about the uh, what about the actual racing uh, did uh i mean and, and, you know the macau bike racing i don't really follow that closely jonathan so where are the guys coming from are they coming from british superbikes are they coming from are they any from moto america anything like that no it's basically it again it's an invite only and because of the precariousness of it um it's all specialists uh, what we call road road specialists so they're the guys that do take part in the isle of man tt um so they're very much uh specialists in in racing uh, on roads um uh, so it's michael rutter it's um uh, peter hickman uh, and guys that if you're familiar with uh, that sort of racing um but no it's not guys from motor gp or world Superbikes. um there's the occasional ringer in fact kevin schwantz has won the race back in 1988 um, so, you know, uh, it, it, there's some famous folks have, have taken part in it. Ron Haslam run it six times. Um, wow. Michael Rutter has won it, uh, I think eight times. Um, but, um, Irwin was the man, uh, who was, uh, making the hay, uh, before, um, before it all finished early. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing spectacle and, and the crowd love it. I mean, they really do. It's so uh, it's so amazing to watch these bikes go, uh, and they are super bikes, mind you. They are, um, you know, um, spec super bikes. A lot of the, the bikes come from the British Championship, and a, a lot of the teams come from the World Championship, like Paul Bird Racing, uh, and so on. So it's it's the very best of the very best. Well, man, we just got a minute left, Jonathan. We're going to get uh, somebody from Circuit of the Americas on here in just a second to talk about their new Winter Wonderland, but. Uh, before I let you go, uh, I want to talk about the how Macau was out on social media this year. I think we had, you know, we had it brought, we had it streaming on our website. We had a ton of people thanking us for doing that. It was it was uh, out on the web on the internet, uh, several places, including the FIA website. And, and but but I think it was great for us to do our part to show people this because a lot of people didn't know just the, where to find it, and we just put it out there. So. But I, really what I'm getting at is I think it was far and wide on the web this year. I think I never saw – you know, I've followed it every year since you've been down there in the last five years or so. But this year it was the, the uptake on social media, which most of what of the social media that we interact with is, is probably United States and U.K., but – uh, the the uptake seemed to be really really good this year, like like exponentially better than prior years. Yeah, and I mean the the Macau government. I mean you can imagine it's run by the tourism office and run by Macau government. So in many ways it's a tourist atta- attraction for Macau, which is a huge gambling city, uh, and so they want exposure. It's not like it, the model is different, if you will. Um, so they don't want to sell the rights; they want to give the rights. They want everybody to see it. And so does the FIA um, because it's their World Cup. Um, so, you know, in t- terms of television rights and so on and so forth, t- there are plenty of television stations taking it live from Japan to New Zealand and so on. But putting it on the Internet like we did um, gives everybody a chance to, to have a look at it uh, and interact with it. And, and like I said, it's just a big celebration of manufacturers, 
um, world-class drivers, up-and-coming drivers, uh, and this amazing spectacle, which is now, you know, 64 years old. So it, 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 I think it, it's the right thing to do uh, is, is to expose it uh, to new, 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 new places, because I think, like you say, a lot of people are coming to it for the first time and amazed at, at this street circuit, which I've now been going to for 24 years. You know, it felt like a tipping point to me on social. That's what it felt like. So, all right. Well, Mr. Green, some of our Twitter followers are saying thank you that you're alive, that you came on the show. Apparently, uh, Andy P. just said he's alive. He still has a voice left. So uh, uh, we will talk to you when you get back, buddy. I know you're going to head to see some family for Thanksgiving, but, of course, you'll be back on the show next weekend. And fantastic job at the Macabre Grand Prix, man. We were listening, and uh, you and Alan did a great job. Thank you so much, guys. And yeah, happy Thanksgiving. I'll be back soon. All right. Talk Alrighty, to you soon. Travel safe. Yeah. All right. You know he knows where to find good dim sum. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, probably, oh, he's probably doing good breakfast. down there. Mm. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have a gentleman from the Circuit of the Americas on the phone because <clears throat> we're going to talk about the winter wonderland they're doing out there. I love this idea. Right? Oh, yeah. It's because it's that Circuit of the Americas. I love everything. You're listening to Speed City, live in Austin, back after these messages. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. MV Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Mosing Motor Cars is Central Texas's source for classic performance cars. British, German, Italian, Japanese, and American. Ready for that special car you've always dreamed of? Mosing has you covered. Looking to sell a classic? Let Mosing handle all the details and get that special vehicle in the hands of the right buyer. Visit the showroom at 2420 Westbreaker Lane or call 512-821-9491 or browse the garage online at mosingmotorcars.com. Mosing Motor Cars. Drive yourself happy. When news happens, it happens here. Talk 1370, the right choice. Time for the announcement. Okay, okay people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. Hi, this is Mario Andretti, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosey Motor Cars.
Thanks to Mosing Motor Cars for being our title sponsor these, oh, since Formula One. Hey, yeah. you got to go check out Mosing Motor Cars on Facebook because there's a really cool video of a little Mini Cooper out playing on the track Saturday. Oh, really? Yeah, you just check it out. Jeff Mosing, you know, we know him through the uh, Porsche racing and everything. He's out. Out at Circuit of the Americas? No, no. He's actually over at one of the other tracks at uh, Driveway Austin flogging this little thing. You just ruined my segue. Oh, well, Circuit of the Americas. <laughs> but, you know, hey, that was a great announcement. Santa is coming. Not exactly at 9 a.m. in the morning, but we've got one of his buddies. I think he's the chief elf, Roberto. And so uh, Roberto is going to get us. Roberto's going to get us all caught up on a winter wonderland, the first year of it. And this thing's really cool. I've already checked out some stuff. Hey, Roberto, welcome to Speed City, buddy. Hey, thank you very much for having us uh, on 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 the show again. And it's 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 exciting. We got some good news here at the, at the track. Yeah, Circuit of the Americas is doing something fun for Christmas called the Winter Wonderland. So uh, tell us all about it. Yeah, so it's a a brand new uh, event that we believe it's going to become a tradition, uh, a holiday tradition here in Central Texas. Uh, we we're coming with all different kind of things for all different ages and and using all the structure that we have here at the track. Right, uh, we all know that the, the the track is not just about uh, cars and motorcycles. It's also about a, a full entertainment uh, uh, destination. And we're turning this 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 place uh, during the the December month into a, a very cool holiday event with all different kinds of acti- activities for. Like I said, for all ages. So it's going to be it's going to be a fun, fun, fun month here at at, at the track. Well, I'm I'm sitting here reading about it, so I'm going to read off a couple of things. The, the skating rink, a human snow globe. I'm going to come back to that. We're gonna uh, we're <laughs> gonna do Speed City holiday pictures in the snow globe. I think that's what we got to <laughs> do. Human snow, singing trees, petting zoo, camel camel rides. Okay, Santa's workshop, carnival rides, hot air balloon float, merry movies on the lawn, delectable food, shopping galore. Ooh, shopping too. That's kind of cool. And the soon-to-be world-famous Tunnel of Lights and More. Uh, that sounds incredible. But tell me about the Human Snow Globe. i got to come back to that. Yeah, so the Human Snow Globe, it's, it's, a, it's a cool picture opportunity. You know, you can come in with your family inside the Snow Globe, take a picture, a nice picture of it, and, 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 and make, make your memories, right? Uh, cool. It's going to be a fun, fun activity. And we can't forget to say also especially when we're talking here on a on a uh, uh on a rate uh radio right and a program is we're gonna have this circuit of lights where you're gonna be able to walk on the track with uh you know um a lot of light displays it's gonna be a very cool walk it's a 0.8 mile walk from turn 19 all the way to turn 15 uh so it's gonna be a, a fun 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 event and like like you said we got Padding zoo, camel rides, the singing tree, skating ring, the tunnel of lights is also going to be something very cool. We got the, uh, we we're using the bridge over turn 16, and we're creating it's a 200 feet RGB tunnel of lights that's going to oh, dance. The lights cool. are going to dance for the music. It's going to be, it's going to be a blast. I'm sure whoever comes out here with us, uh, starting December 1st, it's gonna it's gonna really enjoy their time and. And I'm sure they're going to end up coming back on, on another moment during the month. It's going to be that's a, a awesome, cool, 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 hey, cool event. And holiday movies. So they, they've set up a movie theater out there. Bad you know, Santa? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, hey, so yeah, be no. sure and stick yeah, around. Right. 
<laughs> Roberto yeah, has. Uh, we're going to be using the big screen that we have on the soccer field out there uh, near the amphitheater. Oh, yeah. It's going to be also a very cool thing, you know, the kids sitting around. We're going to have some some some, some cool movies showing, uh, of course, holiday-related, and it's going to be fun. And we can't forget also about the hot air balloon. You know, it's not every day they can fly, go up, and, and, and see the, the, the track from, from up top with the... Uh, with a hot air balloon in the middle of the night. So it's going to be a, a That's cool, awesome. cool experience. Well, Roberto, thank you for coming on the show. We're going to be giving away some tickets out there. It's open to the public uh, December 1st and 2nd, also the 8th through the 30th, Sunday through Thursday, 6 to 10 p.m., $16, kids 5 and under are free. Check it out, circuitoftheamericas.com. Roberto, thank you so much for coming on Speed City. Yeah, I appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Thank you very much. See you soon. All right, guys, we got to wrap it up, but we are going to give away some tickets, aren't we, Les? Yeah, we will. We'll keep up with our social media. We'll get those out. And, uh, hey, it is a very cool event. All right, well, we're going to wrap it up. Talk to you next week. SpeedCityBroadcast.com, Twitter, Facebook, all the rest. Ciao, y'all. winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.